Welcome to the Female Football Podcast. In this week's episode, we speak to manager of Stockport County Ladies, Ronnie Green. Ronnie explains his pathway into the game and also where Stockport County are trying to head towards in the coming years. Enjoy. Please leave any comments and retweet to grow the podcast. Okay, welcome to Ronnie Green, Stockport County Ladies Manager, uh, ex-Wrexham Ladies Manager. He's got a wealth of experience in the men's game also. So welcome, Ronnie. First and foremost, can you just explain a little bit about your pathway into the women's game? In the women's game, I came into the women's game um, at Wrexham Ladies in the Welsh Prem. Uh, I got, got an offer from uh, a good close friend of mine, football friend called Greg Short, uh, who got appointed as manager at Wrexham. Um, I think that was about nine years ago now. Uh, and Greg phoned me up. I was at Barnton uh, men's team at the time. I was managing them. And, uh, and Greg gave me a phone call one evening and said, uh, would you fancy jumping into uh, Wrexham Ladies with me as an assistant manager? Um, so I listened to his plans, listened to his thoughts. Uh, I've always thought the women's game was growing uh, around that time. And I, I thought, you know, it could be another avenue for me to, to go through the, uh, through the levels uh, over in the women's game. So I left Barnton um, and went across to, to, to work with Greg. Um, at Wrexham Ladies in the Welsh Prem. Now, Greg only lasted a couple of months uh, due to work commitments because um, obviously it's a voluntary role. You don't get paid at that level. And uh, ended up being, I went from assistant manager to manager uh, and I was there for about three seasons in total, about two and a half because we went in there about November time. So two and a half seasons, got them to fourth in the league. Uh, when we currently took over, they were bottom. Uh, with one point with the same same squad, we we progressed them uh, to get to the Welsh Welsh Cup final as well, which is like the FA Cup final over this side for the women's game. So it's massive for the club. I think uh, we we went on a very very good cup journey that year, uh, and as I say, we finished fourth as well that season. So we we definitely progressed and, and moved the club forward, which was really really good. If you take us right back to kind of. Not, not the women's kind of start for yourself, but in regards to your own football journey, where did you kind of start with your career in the game? Yeah, um, from, from an early age, really. I was always playing football uh, in the streets um, and where, where our local park was, uh, where we would, we would have a kick around with, with my friends. Um, opposite the park was uh, a gentleman called uh, Keith Cliff, who ended up uh, going on and managing Liverpool ladies and, and Everton ladies as well. Um, but obviously, Keith at the time was only about 19, 20 himself. Um, Cena had a bit of a talent um, and he came out and approached me in the street and said, um, what number do you live at? And uh, I thought I was in trouble. <laughs> so we, we went up to the house and, and my mum came to the front door and he said, I think your son's got a bit of ability. I run a, an under-9s team because uh, I was eight at the time. And he, he said... Uh, could he, could he uh, come and play for me? So that, that was where my first journey started in football, really. Um, so Keith took me under, the, under his wing, really, and, and, and showed me quite a lot. I've got a lot to, to thank Keith for because um, he showed me all the basics of, of grassroots football, really, and, and gave me the passion to move forward in, in my own game from an early age. Um, moving into, obviously, the women's game from there. So what, what's your earliest memory of the women's game? Uh, the very, very first tele televised game I seen was uh, Doncaster Bells versus Arsenal. 
Uh, it was a very, very, very long time ago. I know that the women's game and football's changed a lot since then. Uh, I was yet again. I was round about seven or eight when I first seen that on the TV. Um, but yeah, it was it was an eye opener. You know, um, you know, watching women play football on the TV was very, very uh, you know what wasn't heard of really back then. Uh, I know it's getting stronger these days, but back then Doncaster Bells were one of the biggest teams around. I think they were one of the first first, I think, to, to form. Uh, and it was just fantastic watching women play football, uh, let, let alone the men on the, on the TV. So it was, that was the first time I actually came across women's football. Yeah, I think it gives a whole different perspective on the game, doesn't it? So obviously you've been involved in the men's game for quite a long time, playing and coaching, managing. But when you see, obviously, the women's game on telly, it gives you a whole different perspective on how maybe the game's played in, in many ways. But yeah, that's great. Um, Right, your first steps into to women's kind of coaching or management. Obviously, you mentioned there about moving to Wrexham Ladies around about nine years ago. Is that right? Yeah, it was about nine years ago now, yeah. Okay, so talk me through like the kind of mentality at that point. So when you first got offered that, that position at Wrexham and you was at Barnton, which is obviously a semi-professional in the, in the, in the men's game as such. What, what was kind of like your mindset and your approach in regards to going to Wrexham at the time? What was you thinking? Uh, it, was, it, was, it was like a breath of fresh air, for the better word, Adam, really. It was, it was, it was new. Uh, obviously, I've not coached in the, in the women's game before. It was always been the men's side. Um, but I'm a great believer that it's the same game, uh, same rules. So not much should change, really. Uh, and I think what myself and Greg did when we went there was trying to get the, the tempo of the football a bit quicker. It was a lot slower paced than the men's game. But like I just said, uh, the rules and regulations around the game are exactly the same. So we, we tried to, to put our influence and our stamp on just because it's a women's team. Let's get you playing like the, the, like the male side, really. Uh, high tempo and a little bit quicker in the game. So it, it was. It was really good. It was a breath of fresh air for me. It was. It was new, uh, and I was. I was uh, made up to have that opportunity to have a look at it at first hand. What was your kind of challenges at that point? So you talked about like increasing the tempo and, and the, the speed that teams play at, which kind of been a, a reoccurring theme across the years with women's football. That a lot of people who come out of men's football and go into women's football tend to think that the game's a lot slower. What kind of challenges did you have to overcome in regards to getting your, your principles across then to try and improve the tempo? The problems we came across and the challenges really um, was just making that game a lot quicker, making the girls think a little bit quicker than what they normally would uh, and breaking them out of their habits of, of playing slower, technical football, maybe quicken the game up uh, through sessions in where it, 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 they had to play quicker football. Um, it, it, was, it was a challenge, but, you know, it was a great bunch of girls to, to break our, our teeth into, for a better word, into the women's game. They were really, really open-minded to, to actually um, take on board what me and Greg were, were trying to implement there. Uh, and, and I think it wasn't too long until we actually got, got them to that level. So we were literally training them the way we would uh, train in the men's game. Um, and the challenges was the girls were questioning a few times, you know, we're not used to that pace, but... We, we persevered with it. They worked with us and we worked with them and, and we got the goals in the end. I think when you see end product and you see obviously your, your principles coming across in your sessions and ideas behind obviously the way you want your team to play, what, what kind of like quick wins would you maybe advise a coach who maybe goes into women's football 
And obviously you're saying about increasing tempo, putting sessions on that make people think a bit quicker. But if you were to advise like a young coach going into women's football, for example, what, what quick wins would you maybe kind of advise to use? There's, if it was a new up-and-coming coach, a bit like myself and Greg, really, because uh, we both jumped into women's football at the same time. Uh, and the challenges that we made, obviously we learned a hell of a lot from that. So what, what we would advise any coaches is go in there open-minded. Um, don't think it's any different game to, to what the men's game is. Uh, treat them equal. And, you know, really, really put the sessions on. Don't, you know, don't, don't adapt the sessions to suit because it's female game. Keep the sessions the way you would in the men's game. Uh, and, you know, girls will, will grasp that a lot quicker than men. Uh, and, and that's what we found. And it worked for me and Greg, um, which was fantastic. And the girls put all the effort in as well. So my advice to any young coaches or any coaches jumping into the women's game, um, keep, keep the bar high. You know, don't adapt the rules or the game or the structure of, of what you want to do, make them play your way. Uh, and the men's game, exactly the same as the women's game. There's, there's no difference. In regards to the, the support that you had in place at the time, obviously you mentioned there around um, kind of like the set of girls that you had available to you. And obviously there was quite willing and open-minded to your methods and, and your ideas behind how you want the team to play. What, what is the key to having good support in place behind you, kind of putting your ideas across? Yeah, uh, I, I think first of all, you, you've got to have the backing of the players, but you've also got to have the backing of the, the committee as well, um, which I found that we did have over at Wrexham. Um, you know, they, they backed us uh, to what we wanted and we had the backing of the girls. So I think if you've got them two marrying up together, I think you're, you're, you're on to good things. Um, you've got to definitely have backing behind you to, to, to reach your goals and to, to achieve what you want in the game. How did you find the club at that time, Ronnie? So, obviously, you said you moved to, to Wrexham Ladies and you're talking nine years ago. So, it's quite a long period of time that the game's actually grown in this, this kind of nine, ten years that's gone by. How did you find the club kind of was with you in regards to you taking on the ladies' side at that point? Um, yeah, the, the, the frustration side for me, uh, Adam, was, uh, and I think it was the frustration for the committee, but it wasn't as, as easy as, as, as it could have been. Um, in the respect that we didn't have a reserve team at the time. Uh, so there was just one team, really, Wrexham, ladies. So if you wanted to, uh, you know, if you had injuries or long-term injuries or absentees, you had to carry a bigger squad. So that was another challenge, maybe, that you had to balance, you know, balance it out and keep all the girls interested. Um, you didn't have a reserve team or an under-18s team that you could look to, to sort of as, have a pathway uh, for the first team, so they, they were they were conversations we had with the with the board and the committee that we wanted to try and implement when we got there, uh, and we we was we were seeing sort of of the stepping stone of supporting us in that way, um, but like like I say, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, it was something that they were looking at, but by the time that that happened, I was only there for two and a half seasons, like I said earlier on, uh, and I moved on. Um, I do know Wrexham ladies are still going at this uh, current moment. At the time, they did disband, um, but I know they've, they have actually reformed and, and they're in, the, um, I think, the first division over in the Welsh League now as well, in the Northern Welsh League. So it's nice to see them, them going again because uh, it, it was a shame that um, it, it had to end. But, yeah, I, I think you, you, you do need support. You do need pathways for these girls to progress. You can't do it just as a, as a one-man band, if you like, for a better term. Uh, and that's what it was over in in Wrexham at that time when, when myself and Greg were there.
Well, was you finding that kind of a lot of your girls and, and the players that was at the club already when you arrived, where was you finding most of those kind of coming from? Where were their pathways into playing for Wrexham at the time? Yeah, um, myself and Greg done a bit of uh, obviously research and obviously we were new into the women's game as well, as, as I said earlier on. Um, so we, we obviously we spoke to the girls, see if, if they had any, any uh, contacts. Um, we, we went on social media. Uh, we got, got quite a lot of girls' interest by advertisements, uh, local other teams like TNS was another team that uh, they, they had a couple of girls playing there that you know we, we wanted to play in uh, and attract them to, to Wrexham. Uh, I had a couple of girls coming over from the universities because uh, where we trained uh, was the um, right next to the Wrexham's ground where there's, um, I can't remember the name of it now, but it was a college. So we actually got um, interviews in there as well with, with the staff to try and attract some of the sporty girls uh, to come along for trials. And, and we picked up uh, three or four, three or four really talented girls who have been like, you know, doing scholarships, looking to do scholarships abroad as well. So we had them for a year or so. Um, so yeah, it's it's about for a better term, turning stones and and getting getting Wrexham's name out there really to recruit. So you said there about some girls were kind of moving on to scholarships and looking to maybe go abroad and play. So was they kind of using Wrexham at the time as a bit of like a a stepping stone as such to to get the game time, play at a good level, and then obviously move on? Yes, yeah, that 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 was uh, that that was sort of always. Uh, in the plans, really, uh, to give a stepping stone, but obviously we can u- utilise them girls as well who were who were really good, talented girls. Uh, I mean, we had a couple of girls come across who got released from Liverpool, um, mm-hmm. and a couple of them were, were Welsh internationals under twenty ones as well. Um, you know, Liv Fuller. Uh, you had uh, Del Morgan, who was the goalkeeper as well. Um, I know Del's been sort of coming out of the football game now, and she's now an A licensed goalkeeping coach. Um, and I've, I've tried to purchase her over to where I am now, but um, just the distance of travel because she lives in Wales, it, it just wasn't feasible. But I know she's in um, she's in the men's game now, uh, coaching as a goalkeeping coach, which is absolutely fantastic for a young girl because she still is only young. I think she's only mid twenties, but she's now taken the the plunge into the coaching side, and I think it, it's just testament to her herself to actually coach men you know, in the Welsh Prem, uh, and, and that's just fantastic. I'm always in contact with some of the players. So, yeah, it's it's brilliant just to hear that, you know, they did use Stepping Stone uh, to get their careers on the, on the path as well. Really good to know that some of the girls and some of the ex-players, obviously, you said she's coming out of the game now as such, but it's good to know that they're moving across into the men's game as well and having that experience of, of transitioning from the, the women's game into the men's and vice versa, as you are, from the men's to the women's side. So... It's good to see there's different pathways for everybody involved there. That's brilliant. And it's really brave of her as well, like you said, to, to go and coach men's football as a, a young female goalkeeper. That's, that's quite tough. That will be tough. Okay, uh, right. Stepping up, obviously, to the, the kind of situation that you're in now um, or to the highest level that you've kind of coached at, how did you step up? So what, what were the key factors for you um, as a, a manager or a coach what would you refer to yourself as, actually? Are you a manager or are you a coach or are you a bit of both? What, what do you think you are? Um, to be honest, I, mean, I, I carry the label as a manager, um, okay. but I'm, I'm always on the coaching pitch with, with the staff. Uh, I always you know, like to jump in and, and do a little couple of sessions as well because it's, it's in my blood uh, to take that step back just as a manager. 
is great, but I also like to be hands-on. I'm quite one of them managers, really, that like to be in the thick of things, uh, you know, right in the middle of the girls, watching them train, um, you know, making sure they're doing the right things, making sure the coaches are getting support as well from myself. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably say I'm, I'm a bit of both. <laughs> a bit of both. <laughs> right, so how do you think you made that step up then? So, as a, as a manager, how do you think you made that step up into kind of the, the position you're at now? Um, I mean, as I say earlier on, I was I was at Wrexham. I uh, got the opportunity with Greg, then I ended up being the manager. Uh, I seen an advert come out. Uh, a friend of mine sent sent me a screenshot of of Stock, Stockport ladies, Stockport County ladies over the uh, over there. Um, so you know, I, I'd already left Wrexham at the time. I was having sort of twelve months out, um, just doing a bit of coaching here and there, a couple of one on one small groups. Uh, so I put my CV across to Stockport and went through the process of uh, doing the practical session, doing the interview. And first time round, unfortunately, I didn't get the, the role. Uh, I didn't get the role straight away at Stockport. Uh, they gave it to another guy called Andy Gray, but they, they, they ended up giving it to Andy. Um, you know, so I uh, came close second to him. Uh, but I always sort of had one eye on Stockport still. I was still old. old. I had, that's when I had the 12 months out. Um, helped out at Runcorn Linux, doing a bit of coaching there because it was local to me, just to keep my hand in and coaching. But I was always keeping one eye on Stockport as well. Um, and the, the results weren't going great, if I was being honest. Uh, I remember going over and watching uh, Liverpool Feds at Stockport. And I sat in the stand. And Jay Morley, who's the secretary of, of Stockport, um, came over. And I still kept in contact with Jane and, and you know, I think that helped. But that year, they did get relegated from the National League. Uh, National League won back into the regional prem. Um, and I said to Jane, I said, well, you know, our paths may, may cross in, in the future. Uh, and, you know, truth, truth to the word, it did. Um, Andy left at the end of the season, went back into men's football uh, and there was a vacancy. So I got an email from Jane Morley and said, can you put your CV in again and, and go through the process? And I said, absolutely. Um, so I went for it and second time round, I got it. Um, and that's where I am currently now. I'm going into my fifth season there at Stockport now. Uh, got them back into the National League One. Uh, so we we done the double, not last season, uh, the season before we'd done the double, got promotion into National League. We won the Cheshire Cup as well. Uh, nearly done the treble, got beat by FC United in the final of the League Cup. Um, so yeah, we, we're, we're building something over at Stockport now. Um, over the years, we've, we've progressed, got stronger. Uh, there's very, very good things coming from Stockport at the moment, uh, from the from the backroom staff, um, the, the committee, uh, even the men's side. New owners come in there, so it, it looks like there's bright future for Stockport coming up. Um, myself, um, very, very hungry to get back in after the pan. Uh, pe- you know, pandemic, and uh, I've I've recruited some more staff um, to come on board with myself and uh, Paul McKernan, who's my assistant manager. Uh, so we've got a couple of other coaches come on board, and uh, and we've also started recruiting some some really really talented players as well uh, from divisions above us. Some have played Super League as well, and they're going to be coming to to have a look at us uh, this year. And uh, so yeah, it's it's good times, Adam. Really is good, good, exciting times at Stockport. I think from from an outsider looking in, obviously I, I keep an eye on different clubs, and you kind of looking at 
obviously the media outlets, so social media for obviously Stockport ladies, media outlet that they're going to use and they're going to utilise, and it's kind of a, a really useful one. You can see that the, the media side's growing. From Again, from an outsider looking in, you can see some things that are coming out of the club and it looks really, really positive. So I think everything you've said there kind of backs up what, what everyone else is seeing at the moment. And obviously, the proof will be in the pudding over the next couple of years. But as you can see, obviously, like you said there, it's growing, it's developing, it's getting bigger and better. So it's quite exciting to see where it gets to. That's really good. Obviously, you said there about a couple of things in regards to like players and kind of recruitment. As a manager, that's probably your first thing that you think about when you go into a role about obviously where you're going to get your players from, are you going to get the right quality, are they going to be able to mix as a group and have that team cohesion. So what do you think was the hardest thing in regards to stepping into the, the management role at Stockport? What was the hardest thing in regards to recruiting them players and, and how did you go about it really? Yeah, um, obviously first season going in, uh, I had a players meeting. They're, obviously they're just being relegated. Uh, grantedly that the players were all down but obviously players always want to play at the highest level they possibly can as well I get that as a manager uh, I had a players meeting I, I did try and ask the girls to stay on board for another 12 months and, and get county back into the National League uh, first time asking um, that didn't happen girls wanted to uh, leave the club and play at the same level that they were uh, which happened I think it was three or four that actually stayed with us um, so we, we sort of built around them for first season found it quite difficult to get players in obviously with my links at uh, Wrexham I did try to get a couple of girls to follow me over uh, but the travel was a little bit too much for them so that, that obviously fizzled out uh, so yeah it was, it was sort of start from, the, from scratch start from the bottom and work our way up uh, I pretty much the first season I had four or five girls that stayed on uh, and, and stayed loyal to me at County uh, are still currently with us as well which was is nice uh, to see that they've followed the journey as well and um, I pretty much had, had the reserve team come up which was the under 18s at the time um, and it was a very very young squad we finished fifth the first season we got to the Cheshire Cup final in our first season uh, we got beat by crew uh, crew lady, crew Alexander ladies beat us 3-0 in the Cheshire Cup final. Uh, at the time, they were National League. We were uh, obviously regional, so they were, were, were favourites, if you like. Um, and that close season was where we recruited really hard. Um, you know, yet again, like I did at Wrexham, brought new girls in. Um, it, it was brilliant. It was a really, really good influx of good quality players. Some of the players who did leave the season before came back. Uh, Anitha Douglas, uh, Shanice Reese, uh, that they, they, they came back as well. Fantastic players, um, you know. And I got Janaya Webb back as well. It was another one who sort of was was at County, but then had a little bit of an injury, was out for twelve months, came back, and they give us the, the stepping stone as well as the new signings coming in from local areas. Um, and we we went on. We got pipped at the post by Burnley. Burnley ladies, but the squad just wasn't wasn't big enough or strong enough to, to, to go on all fronts. Um, yeah, again, um, you know, we just just missed out to Burnley, uh, and then the year after was the third third sort of ask of it, and we got our promotion and we got our double. Um, and you know, we are back in the national league where I said I'd get the club. Uh, I've had great backing from the club, to be honest, uh, and now 
the recruitment's even better. Uh, yet again, it's the National League, so it's not a bad standard. It's a good competitive league, uh, and you, you find a lot of girls are more attracted to that level than the actual regional league, which isn't a bad league itself. Very tough to get out of when you drop into it. Uh, but this National League is, is a completely massive jump uh, in quality as well. So you've got to make sure you're bringing the right girls in. And the, the short list, that we, well, the wish list, I call it, that we had with the staff, and we've gone out, we've done Zoom meetings, because that's all we could do with this, you know, this, uh, through the pandemic. And it's, it's, it's gone well for us, Adam. Um, you know, we've got, we've got a good, good group of good, talented girls who have been at your RCTs, uh, being at Blackburn Rovers, who are now in the Super League 2. Um, you know, filed ladies. Uh, got a couple of, couple of players from there as well. It, it, the future is very, very bright and very, very good. For, we're in a good, good place at the moment, Stockport. And hopefully uh, next season, as you say before, proof, proof will be in the pudding. Uh, let, let's hope that we can convert them points and get over the line and try and get this club as high as we can. Where are Stockport kind of playing at the moment? Like obviously, you said National League. Just give, obviously, the listeners a kind of taste of like your facilities you have available and what the girls can expect at your kind of level. Could you kind of give us an overview of that, if possible? Absolutely. Um, we, we play our home games and we train at uh, Woodley Sports Village over in Stockport. It's a £9 million complex. It's a 4G pitch. They've just literally, 12 months ago, they, they relayed uh, a better standard of 4G pitch on there as well. Uh, the facilities are, are brilliant. Probably one of the best we've got in the league, to be honest, if, if not the best. Um, what we've done this this close season as well, bringing new staff on, uh, who have coached at Man United RCTs, Liverpool RCTs for a number of years, worked with the likes of Rashford, um, you know, Lingard, they've worked with them type on the men's side and the girls' side. They've got some of the girls that have been working with. But we're trying to get a model now, Adam, of sort of Super League basis. You know, we've, we've gone to um, to three. Well, actually, at the moment, we're doing five five days a week training. At the moment, we've got the girls on a programme uh, doing five days at the moment with Zoom Zoom fitness sessions with our two fitness coaches at the club. Um, and the others are following um, endurance running, uh, which I programme myself. And they have to to log in uh, and give us give us evidence of that, that they are, that they are doing it. Um, so, yeah, we're trying to get a model and, and a, you know, a foundation for these girls to have the best platform they can play off and be the best they can be as well. Uh, and that's why I say it's really, really good times here at Stockport at the moment. I don't think there's many clubs in our level that have got the setup that we've got, even so, not the facilities, just the facilities. It's it's more the full set of the coaches and the ability that, that we can, well, what the coaching ability that we can offer these girls to hopefully push this club forward and push them to their maximum as well. And, and hopefully we can get, um, you know, through these leagues, because that's my ambition. That's, I know for a fact that's the committee's ambition, 100%. Um, they are really backing uh, the girls, myself. Um, and we, we get a 52-seater coach on away games as well. So, you know, the girls get looked after as well. Um, couldn't speak any highly of Stockport County. They really are a committee that, that gets things done. Uh, and they want they want to be as high as they can as well. I think it sounds. Um, I can you can kind of sum it up as I think the professionalism across the board, obviously not just at, at your level, but all the levels in the women's game at the minute, everything's just rising. The bar is getting higher and higher. 
And like you said at Stockport, it sounds like they're setting the bar really, really high, which is, is only going to breed success, hopefully, in the long run for you. So that sounds excellent. It sounds like you've got a really, really good setup there. I've been up to Woodley a few times myself with some college teams that I've taken in the past, and it's, it's an unbelievable facility. Um, like you said, there's not many women's setups around that kind of have those those facilities available to them. So that's fantastic. That's really good. Okay, so moving into that kind of level, and obviously you, you say your infrastructure is growing uh, at the club, and obviously you're managing the, the staff that are coming in. You've got quite a few different varied staff in there. How do you manage those relationships, Ronnie? So how do you find managing your relationships with your players, but also your staff, and then managing up as well, as well as managing down? How do you find that? Yeah, it, it's 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 good. Um, I've got you know we've got to make sure that the right staff that come on board as well, um, you know, approachable, open-minded. We're having uh, week-to-week Zoom meetings as well, uh, which is something that we have because when you're there doing your your coaching uh, at Woodley, you don't really get a chance to have them conversations, I suppose, because you know your head's on the session. You know you want to you want to get all you want to get an hour and a half before you know your slots slots finished. Um, so yeah, we, we have Zoom meetings. You know, we we have Zoom meetings uh, individually as well. Uh, I do it with. Uh, I'm always in contact every day with my staff uh, and the players. I'm always checking where they're at, where the minds at. You know, I like I like to go deeper than them. I like to get to know them as a person, um, and I like to get to know what their you know what their upbringing was as well. You know, get to the core roots of what makes them tick. You know, players are all different. We all know that. Um, but getting to know what their families are, you know, get to know what their profession is as well. So you're not just looking at their football teams, you're looking at the, the full picture of that person and that individual. Uh, and I think you get, if you get to know that side of it, I think it makes it a hell of a lot easier to manage them as well uh, because you get to know them as a person, not just a footballer uh, and not just a coach. You're getting to know them as a person as well. Uh, and I think that's a massive thing that I've, I've learned myself on the journey. Uh, and I would, advise any coach to try and do that as well don't just look solely just on coaches and just solely on players they are human beings like us get to know their background get to know them as a person as well and, and balance them things up it will help you in the future I think also it's resources makes resources available to you so like you said you, you learn a little bit about the background the lifestyle the job that they're doing as well and sometimes you might unfold a little a little gem that could maybe help you kick on a little bit and maybe also that might be able to develop your your coaching or your club in general. Have you had any kind of examples of that at Stockport? Um, yeah, not really too much, but yeah. Uh, I mean, what one of the new coaches, to be honest, one of the new coaches who's coming on, Rob Curran, his name is. Uh, he was assistant manager at Fylde a couple of years ago. He, he left that because he had a baby. He had a small family come on uh, and he couldn't commit 100%. Um, so he's come on board uh, and I've only known, known Rob over Zoom, you know, we haven't really actually met face to face, to be honest. But I've got to know so much about him uh, as a person. He's got to know me as a person as well. Uh, and people who know me, uh, I've got my own coaching company as well, around primary schools uh, and and locally uh, for community. And he's he's going to start uh, coming on on board with with that side of it as well. So completely away from football, we've we've got a relationship now where he may over his area where he lives in Accrington. Uh, not Atkinson, sorry, uh, Olsingham. Um, and he's going to start looking over there as well. And we're going to emerge together. So, you know, there's away from football, with, I'm doing another journey as well with, with Rob, which is fantastic. But the guy's got so much to give and so much knowledge to, to pass on as well. 
Um, so yeah, that, that's just just a, a little bit that I've I've learned, you know, um, you know, yeah. So I'm, I'm just one of them people that like to get to know everyone uh, personally on the personal side as well. Where do you think the challenge is at, in your current role? So obviously Stockport to Rex and Williams previously. Where do you think your your challenges have, have differed slightly? Uh, they've they've changed and and differed a little bit in the respect that at Wrexham it was just me and Greg, um, and a goalkeeping coach in Rich who was fantastic as well. Then obviously Greg had to leave because of uh, work commitments. Then it was just me and Rich, so it was like sort of two two people. I've now got uh, ten staff under me at, at Stockport. That's not just for the first team. That's first team development team staff and the 18s as well. So there's about 10, 10 to 11 of us. Uh, well, I'm, I'm in the process of recruiting another coach, so it'll be, it'll be 11 in total when I can announce that. Um, so that'll be 11 staff underneath me. So it's more of a, a case that I will have to manage more um, and, and allow them guys to do their coaching side uh, and put a bit of trust in them to do the coaching. Uh, but I will still be walking around, jumping in, uh, helping out where I can. But I, I will, after this year, take a, a step back and, there's something else that we're, we're implementing this year as well. I've got a couple of media guys coming on board. So we've got a journalist, so that'll help on the media side. Um, he's coming on board. And uh, I've just literally interviewed a guy yesterday to come on and be an analyst. Um, so he's going to gather all data for me. And this new coach that I'm going to bring in is going to work closely with him um, and gather all that information so I can then drip feed it to the girls to make them, yet again, give them the platform to work off. And we can work off as managers and coaches as well um, on video footage and, and visualise. So we're going to be doing classroom sides now as well. Yet again, it's something I want to impl implement this year. Um, so yet again, we've got that model ready for the for the, the higher jumps that we hopefully can do in the future. Uh, and I think sometimes visualising it to the girls helps them as well develop as a player, um, you know, and pick the bones of it, if you like, for the better word, and, and help them on their journey as well as as uh, supporting them. It's quite interesting you talk about the kind of use of technology. Um, so you're saying about the analysts coming on board and, and feeding information into the, the girls and how they're going to be able to use that to, to improve their performances. Now, from my perspective in coaching, I'm, I've been mainly, as you'll know, I've, I've been mainly involved in like the youth development side, so mainly focusing around that angle. Um, I think the use of technology at the moment in, in women's football compared to how I've used it previously in men's, is a bit more receptive. They seem a little bit more open and a little bit more open-minded to be able to take the information on board and, and use it better than what the boys have been previous. So that's from my perspective. Would you agree or disagree with that in, in your experience with the, with the girls? No, I totally, uh, I'll totally agree with you, Adam. I really will. Um, you know, things that we've, we've worked on in the training ground, like set pieces, for instance, um, we, we ran through three, three set pieces uh, and they were all different sort of, um, you know, results, if you like, and movement and different personnel standing in different areas that we've worked on. Um, and I, I remember it clear as day, like it was yesterday. We played Leeds United at home and, um, and the girls, the, the, the corner taker signalled for, for number one uh, that we worked on in training. Number one wasn't on because the way that, that Leeds set up defensively um, so I went, go to number three. I just shouted it from the sideline and straight away, they all knew what I meant and Leeds were just um, just confused. All these girls just ran and changed, changed their like sort of 
the, the dynamics, if you like, of, of what the corner was going to come in, uh, took up different positions and they were just like looking around going, wow, what's going on? And we ended up scoring from it, to be honest. Um, that's why it stuck in my head. Uh, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And, and we only went through it on the Wednesday before the game at training night. But what I'm trying to get, the point I'm going to get to is, if you did that with the men's game, you shouted on three that just do what they want to do. You've got a lot of more egos in, in the men's game, I'd say, uh, for a better term. But the girls, they digest things and you only have to show them once or twice or maybe three times to master it, where you could do a full session with the men and then come the Saturday uh, or the Sunday, whichever it may be, and you shout on the instructions. They just do what they want to do sometimes and they think they know best where the girls need that guidance a little bit and they will take on board and I think they learn a lot lot, a lot quicker than the men as well uh, I think that's just natural in, in women to, to men anyway um, so no I totally agree with you Adam I think the women's game um, they digest and I think doing the doing the um, obviously the analyst side and showing the technology side and using the video footage I think it would help them on the journey a lot more and they'll digest it a lot more than what the men will Thank you. As I just mentioned there, in my, in my current role, we use a lot of uh, GPS data and we, we track everything that they do in games and in some of the sessions and things like that. And when we've fed that data back, it's been really, really useful. Like Some of the girls have really bought into that. Some of them don't because obviously different personalities, as you'll know. Um, but I think from a coaching perspective, it's really, it's really useful to, to have that avenue available to obviously feed back to the girls and they really buy into it, as you've just said there. So that's good. Okay, right. So obviously we'll look at obviously you moving forward from here. So you mentioned about where the club wants to get to, uh, where you want to get to. So what are the key opportunities for you as a, a coach at Stockport Ladies at the moment? What are your key opportunities that are available to you? Are you trying to kind of develop yourself as a manager, as a coach? Are you trying to win constantly? Are you trying to win promotions? What, what, what's your key focus? Um, I mean, I, I think, first of all, you're always learning. Um, you're always learning as a coach and manager. You learn all the time. Um, something I'm really, really big on is I've identified things that didn't happen last year, things identified which players we need to, to bring in, identify that I needed extra staff on board to, to allow us to do this analyst side. And, and I've got goals in, in my head. It doesn't happen overnight. I've got a, I've got a programme that I want to work through. Um, so for me, I'm learning all the time. My goal is to get as high as we can through the leagues. Uh, I would like to, to be one day on match of the day. Uh, I know the women's match of the day is coming on now more and more. Uh, I did call that a couple of years ago, to be honest, when I had another interview off someone. And yeah, so the men's football's on, the women's match of the day's on straight after. And, and I think it's brilliant. It's a breath of fresh air for the women's game. It's the bringing, bringing into. So, um, but you've got to win games to get there. You've got to be make sure you've got the, the foundations right to, to succeed in them levels. And that's what we're trying to work on now uh, and get this template ready. And these new new players that are, have showed a lot of interest and I've showed a lot of interest in them coming on board this year will only hopefully be, be the right movements for this club to move forward. And hopefully this time next year, we could be sat in the National Prem which is one step away from Super League 2. 
You've mentioned a little bit there about your, your previous experiences when you first took over at Stockport and you only had a handful of players available to you and you had to move a lot of the reserves and under-18s up. So what's kind of your, your viewpoint on women's youth development at the moment? How important is that to you uh, personally, but also as a club? Absolutely massive, Adam. Absolutely massive. We've, we've all, as, as uh, staff and the new staff come on board as well, they've all been told about the pathways that we have at Stockport. Um, and if you didn't have pathways, then that club will never move forward. You need the pathway for these young girls, these young talent coming through. And also for the young girls to see that there's a pathway. You know, if, if they don't see a pathway, they, they won't give it their all. They'll, they'll just play social football. And we don't want that, you know. Uh, not at Stockport anyway. We want, don't want social football. We want professionalism. We want these young girls to have that pathway to to go through and the pathway is there at Stockport. I've made sure of that. Uh, and I've, I've also had Zoom meetings with all the new players who've showed interest. Um, and I've also had Zoom meetings with all the current players through the 18s, the Debs and the first team. And they all know, uh, and we're all on the same page, that there's a pathway at this, this club and that pathway has to be there. Uh, it's massive. It's I couldn't stress how big it is. You need to make sure you're progressing and developing these girls within the club. We shouldn't be going out looking all the time for, for recruitment. You should be seeing what's underneath your uh, well, underneath your roof, if you like, or for a better term, in there in your in your club. You know, we've got girls teams all the way down from under tens. I go in and coach sometimes there as well, and I say to them, even at age nine. You've got to have it at the forefront of your mind to be Stockport first team. That's your goal. Can you get there? So the pathway doesn't just start from the 18s. It starts from the under-10s. The pathway is there. I know they've got to stay in their age brackets. I get that. But what I mean is the pathway is to be the best you can. Making sure the coaches are making sure they're developing these girls. Making sure they're producing good quality players for ready when they come in the senior section. And then it's up to the girls individually then when they're in the senior section to, to grasp it. Um, we've had a couple of girls already a couple, last last season. Um, you know, Millie Edwards um, had a go with uh, had a couple of outings for the first team. She came to the club as the under 18 She came halfway through the season from a, a local grassroots team. Uh, we identified straight away that she was well ahead of her time at the 18s, even though she was only 16. She then came a development player, uh, and as I say, she had a couple of outings with the first team. So she's in, in, in half a season, she progressed so quickly. So it's one to watch for the future uh, and drip feed it through when we feel fit. But there's a pathway and she can feel that pathway's there. We've got another girl called Imogen. Uh, Imi, we call her. Um, she is absolutely, she's, what, she's 18, but she plays with a 24-year-old head on her shoulders. She's well ahead of her time. And yet again, she was probably one of the first, first people on the team sheet. And she's been at County from under 10. So there is a pathway there at County. And we need to keep producing girls like, 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 like Amy, because uh, she's been at County a lot longer than Millie. But give them the opportunity. I think it's great, like you said there, to have the pathway and have all the way from under-10s all the way to first team and have that realistic pathway to see how you can move through the club and, and achieve what you want to achieve. Um, there's also, obviously, in England, uh, in the women's sector, there's, there's a massive aspect of... Uh, youth development, which is based around RTCs and obviously professional football clubs. So how do you see that kind of within your level? So maybe girls that are maybe coming out of RTCs um, on the on the senior side, but also 
what kind of challenges does that maybe pose to you in regards to getting girls to come all the way through your pathway as well? Um, it, yeah, it'll be a challenge, uh, absolutely. But it'll be a challenge that I know myself and Stockport will grasp. They want the best girls around that, that local area. Uh, and, you know, if they've just come out of RCTs, it doesn't mean that they can't get another, another shot at it. Um, you know, come to county, come and get good coaching from our staff. Uh, and hopefully you'll get that chance and that opportunity again. You know, should should never, ever have a closed book. Um, just because you've been in an RCT, you've come out of an RCT, there'll still be another chance and an opportunity for you. Uh, I know earlier on uh, in, in our interview, Adam, uh, you mentioned about Lily, Lily Clifton. I know she's over at Man City at the moment. So I'm absolutely made up for the girl. I know her personally. It's lovely to see. I've done a couple of one-on-one sessions with her. I know previously she was at... Um, she was at Wrexham. She'd done a bit of Wrexham. Um, you know, I tried to get her at Stockport. She had a couple of training sessions with us um, before last season. But obviously, she got the opportunity to go over to Man City. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic and a great opportunity for her. And I hope, hope she does well. Um, but before that, she was at Everton RCT. You know, so that was she was at Everton when I was doing one-on-ones with her. Because um, her dad, I know quite well. Uh, and there was another one, another girl called Libby. Uh, Libby Graham, she was at Everton as well. Now she's playing for Liverpool Feds in our league. Um, so I know both of them girls personally from a local a local aspect as well. Um, so it just shows Lily came out of an RCT. I did say to her dad and I said to Lily herself, uh, don't give up. You're a young girl, don't give up. Keep, keep having that goal, keep having that desire to be the best you can. And look at her now, she's, she's now got another opportunity at Man City. So... It comes about again, Adam. It's not just a closed book when you've left the RCT. Uh, go back, have another go. And, you know, it's just made up to, to hear a local girl, uh, to myself and someone I've known from when she was a dot, uh, making, you know, something of herself. And hopefully she, 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 she does because she's got the right mentality and the right attitude. I think equally, I think, I mean, a big thing behind this podcast is, as you'll know, because we've explained a little bit about it, is kind of raising awareness of the levels within the game. Um, and we want to kind of interview and speak to as many people as possible to kind of make players and coaches aware of what's what's available and what's out there. Because myself, moving into the women's game, I was a little bit blind to that. Um, I went in at county level football, obviously school-based football, gone into a little bit of the professional side and so on. But I think the awareness isn't probably where it needs to be uh, in the wider context. So I think... Obviously, like you've said, there are different opportunities for different people at different times. They are available um, and playing at your level is going to be something that a lot of them girls are going to need on the other side of that potentially at some point. So that's, that's really, really good. Um, we'll just finish off, Ronnie. I've just got three questions that I did send them over. So hopefully you've got some, some good answers prepared. Uh, <laughs> first one. So what is your best memory in football? Give me an explanation of why. Uh, my, my personal uh, memory, uh, to, to date, it's got to be the last one, uh, winning the double with Stockport. Absolutely great memory, especially off the back of a lot of close people, not close people to me, but close people to the club, saying, oof, FC United have come up, and they've done bounce after bounce after bounce, and they were a good side themselves. Uh, and I got told, you, you know, you'll miss out again, like we did the year before to Burnley, but we never. Uh, so that's a memory that I'll take with me. Um, the double at Stockport County because it was the last one that, you know, 
it's just stuck in my head. Uh, I've had quite a lot of memories, but that's the, the one to date for me. Okay. Um, second question. Who is your favourite female footballer currently in the WSL or in world football in general and why? Okay. Um, I'd, probably, I'd probably say Lucy, Lucy Bronze. Um, fantastic athlete. Fantastic player. Um, I mean, I, I'll, I'll go back to what we said earlier on. You know, why should the women's game be any different to the men's game? Um, you know, it's the same, same for both. I could probably say Lucy could probably go and play in a men's team. She's that athletic. She's that physical strength she's got. She's absolutely brilliant. She's got the full package in the women's game, I think. And she's, she's done really well in her career as well. So I, when I watch England or I watch any of the women's football, I look out for her because she, she just plays the game the way the game should be played. Great answer. Thank you. Um, number three, where do you see the women's game being in five years from now? Uh, I mean, as I said earlier on, Adam, I, I called it to, to someone who interviewed me a, a while ago that they will be match of the day sometime, uh, sometime soon for the women's game. And, you know, not too long ago, it has. It started coming on the TV. Um, I think it's massive. I think it has grown so much. I'm very excited to see what's going to be in the next five years. Um, you know, I think the, I think there'll be more televised games. I think, you know, like you've got all these Sky channels now, BT Sports. <clears throat> I know there is a lot of games on TV, but I think it'll just be as, just be as equal as, as the Premiership. I can see it going. I can see it growing. I think money will come into, into the women's game more and more, I think. Um, so in the next five years, it'll be exciting to see what it actually comes as. But I'd say in the next five years that, that you know, you'll see a very, very influx of money, I, I think, as well. I think it'll be a, a good time to be in women's football. Great stuff. Right, OK, that, that brings us to the end of the, the podcast episode. So thank you very much for that, Ronnie. I appreciate your time and obviously being so open and honest about your experiences and where you're at at the minute. Sounds really positive times with Stockport. Obviously, I wish yourself and the club all the best of luck for this season. Hopefully, you can get back training sooner rather than later uh, properly. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you very much for your time and thank you very much. No, thanks, Adam. Thanks for, very much for inviting me onto your podcast. Uh, it's been much, much appreciated. Uh, and I know we go back a long time as well on playing side. Um, no, it's, it's great, mate. And I, I wish you all the best in the future as well with your podcast.